0: Hi everybody, welcome to Artifice, episode 138. This is a very special week. It is the week that The Hallowed Wide officially comes out in its entirety. Um, there's uh, track 11 comes out tomorrow, and then um, the final track, track 12, is set to release right after the live show on Saturday, which brings me to, of course, the album release show is on Saturday Um I'm really pulling out all the stops for this one. It's a heavily produced show. It's like everything you'd expect from an album release concert, but it's also like there's kind of some performance art elements and like just lots of other things. Um, So it really kind of is like a, I won't say like a one time only, but like this is not the kind of thing that's going to happen frequently because it's, it's a big, it's a big produced thing. Um, So if you are in Utah be there on Saturday night, October 22nd. Um yeah, and if you're not in Utah, please listen to the record. It's she's gonna be, she's gonna be here this week. And I'm I'm feeling lots of feelings. I'm feeling like I'm excited. I feel a little bit of weird grief. Um just you know like officially kind of birthing the rest of this project this week. So tune in and um and if you especially love me, send me a little note and tell me what you think of it and this episode is a perfect episode for a week with so many feelings because this conversation with Kat was such a blessing to me. I, like, teared up a couple of times in the interview and then even just listening back just thought like what a gift. Um Kat is just a beautiful person um with so much wisdom to share. I just I so deeply loved talking with her and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation that feels, you know, kind of sacred and beautiful and special. Um So, yeah, I mean, I don't think I need to say anything else. I feel like that's the thing. Let me tell you a little bit more about Kat. Kat is a self taught florist who cherishes finding magic in the mundane. Her floral business, Ritual in Bloom, centers rituals and intentionality in floral design. Each offering is meant to encourage clients to create and reconnect with rituals and ancestral knowledge by deepening their relationships with flowers. By drawing on her heritage, Kat creates experiences that connect people to the subtle wisdom flowers share with us and their ability to teach us about trust, connection, and presence. And yeah, for anyone who's been listening to The Hallowed Wide, these are the exact same themes that I am interested in. Um, And again, it just, I don't know, it feels like a blessing to connect with another artist who is just doing, you know, thinking about a lot of the same things I'm thinking about and um, I don't know it's just it's really special it's cool it feels like some kind of a cosmic thing so um, yeah I hope you're having a great week I hope that you are excited for the hallowed wide this weekend and I hope you're excited for this episode with the incredible Catnix. here it comes enjoy great art almost feels like magic It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists. And I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice.
1: My partner has a radio show. Oh,
0: cool. So he's on KRCL. Awesome. Every
1: Tuesday night. Wow. And he also teaches a youth radio class wow. to teenagers in at Spy Hop. So I'm like, oh, this is what he does.
0: Yeah. I love that. Like, I love creative, like, partnerships of creatives. It's like, I don't know, what a gift. <laughs> so this is. is pretty flexible like it's a conversation we can talk a bunch like I'll lead and we'll mostly talk about you but like anything you want to talk about you know in the realms of like art and creativity is fair game do you have any like questions before we start or do you want to kind of dig in
1: no I think it's like sometimes difficult for me to um just be interviewed because I'm like let me tell let's hear all the things about you how did you learn all these incredible (laughs) skills so um well
0: I love talking great so (laughs) both ways yeah usually like I'll ask the artist or my guest about you know something and then I'll say like my experience with that same thing so it feels more reciprocal that's nice Yes. Yeah. It feels good to me for it to be a conversation more than like an interview per se, but Mm. it's like mostly a conversation driven by like your experiences. So I like to start with everybody talking about their childhoods. Um, I don't know. I find that it helps me like ask better questions about the adult person in front of me. If I have like an idea kind of where your creative journey began. So what were you like as a little creative? (laughs) I love that you start with childhood. Yeah.
1: I feel I'm fascinated by it. I I mean, I agree. I think that's there's something about um like an essence of a child. Yes. That feels really good to see how that unfolds. Yes. Um, so I appreciate it. a uh, little cat. Um Where are you from? Ogden. Okay. Yeah. I grew up in Ogden. Um I, what do you want to know about my childhood? Well,
0: I'd love to know, like, I'd I'd love to kind of get an idea of two main things. One, like what were kind of the early evidence of like your creative essence? So Mm. let's start there. So what were you, what, what did you get into?
1: Sure. You know, um, my like best friend, um, we have this joke. She's my cousin. I, I, she's, a chosen sister to yeah, me. I love that. Um, we call each other best bitches. Um, <laughs> <That's great. laughs> and uh, I was the youngest. I didn't have a ton of childhood like neighborhood friends, but yeah. I was very, very, very close with my cousins on both sides. And my cousin Tina and I were best friends. And our whole childhood was immersed in make-believe yeah. and being witches, Yes, which, <laughs> um, like level, you know, different degrees of like what that can mean, but sure, what did it mean to you? I mean, it's interesting because like, uh, I feel like this past year I've, you know, started my business. Um, it's been a, almost a year since I launched my website and started taking yeah. orders, but, when I started, I really had to go through this like shedding of an identity of like mm-hmm. how I defined success. And um I would kind of discredit it by saying, like, oh, my business is kind of like witchy and woo-woo and yeah. um, but it feels like thinking and talking about that essence is like very much hitting this like aspect of how I felt when a child, of like what it feels like to be a witch for me, yeah. which is like protected and free and oh wild.
0: Yeah. And so I think that I there's love it. thank you. <laughs> I love that. Yeah.
1: There's something in like my childhood, I think, in creativity of like, which is like a lot of what I'm doing now. I take a lot of herbalism courses and cool. um we would make potions. I mean, we had wow. this like spot on this rock where we would grind up acorns I and milk grind things too. Yes, <laughs> the rock powders.
0: Yes. I tried to paint. I was trying to make paints, like trying to I make pigments. Yeah. Uh, grinding up flowers. Yes. And or like sandstone, like uh, trying to get different So colors. satisfying.
1: Ochres. Yes. Yeah.
0: We used to go to my, like, my grandparents had like this little cabin in, I grew up in Arizona, and my grandparents had this little cabin in Pine, Arizona um and there was like a creek right out in the back and yeah i would sit out there like all day and just crush up berries <laughs> and like <laughs> grind little stones in the creek it yeah.
1: feels so good to explore and understand plants with like hands and curiosity yeah. and i think so much i mean the earth provides all the medicine, all the food, everything we could ever need. Wow. And to like yeah. know that innately as a child and like that's your sense of like, you know, building a relationship with that barrier rock is like such an yeah. incredible um, you know, like lesson and like
0: being aware of yeah. the earth's energy. That's so interesting. Yeah. I just hearing you, I mean, I'm already just like in love with you. <laughs> um, like hearing you just talk about like the you know, this last year and kind of some of these things. Like I feel like I'm going through like really similar things, like mm. trying to recover and re-identify with like that like wild little girl that I like used to be and that I tried so hard to not be in kind of the middle of my life. Um, and I think you're exactly right. Like that's why I'm curious about children because those little, those little essences mm. are so powerful. And I, I love hearing like, you know, the through line, like how did, you know, how are we, how are we communicating with that identity like as adults? Um, so as a, as a, the tiniest little creative, you were just exploring the, like the land. Is that right? That feels good. Um, mm. yeah, that feels good. I
1: think imagining Imagination was everything. I mean, yeah. even with my my brother and our other cousin, Jake, we would just have these, we call them sleep the nights. I forget that it's yeah. a weird thing until everyone's <laughs> like, it, yeah. what's that? Sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> sleep the night. I like it. Or sleep the nights. And I mean, that's what we would do the entire time. is either play Nintendo 64 or the four of us would just get so lost in these like backstories and characters and yeah. It was so fun. Like I really look back so fondly on imagination.
0: I love that like wild time too. Like that, that's like wild is something specifically that like I'm thinking about a ton as an adult. Like I have spent so much time being so like domesticated, you know, Mm. (laughs) like trying to recapture those like wild, like play. Um, were you like a, were you, um, a, a narrator in the imagination or did one of the other cousins do that?
1: I think one of the other cousins, but I love that concept of like play so much too. And I appreciate hearing mm. what you're going through because I think that we have a real tendency to separate. Right. And yeah. so anything that makes us feel interconnected and embraces all of our messy ass complexity stuff, yeah. of humanness and
0: relationships. It feels good. So it, it feels really important. It feels like, yeah. It feels like, you know, if you don't give it time, like something it will die. <laughs> like that's what it feels like <laughs> kind of like to me. So, um, okay. And then my other question about the childhood is like, I'm curious about the environment of like the adults. Um, were the adults creative? Like, was there, were there art supplies in the home? Hmm. Is there creativity in the family? Like, what is the kind of broader environment as it pertains to creativity, the arts? Hmm. I, Wow. I,
1: I appreciate this question. I think that there's like some more straightforward, like ideas of creativity in terms of like family members. And then I think some maybe like not so obvious. So my dad, the less obvious things. Me too. Me (laughs) too. And I'll start with the obvious and then I'll go to the less obvious, which is my mother. But, um, my dad's side of the family is, I think just, I mean, some of them actually really are artists. Yeah. My Noni, it's uh, Nona is Italian, but we call her Noni. Um, my Noni is this incredible artist. She's a painter. Wow. She taught all of her grandchildren how to play the piano. Wow. Um, she sings. And I just, I think it's, she has such a beautiful gift of sharing beauty with her family through art and creativity and um she's an oil painter and my grandpa we call him pa noni and pa pa is this incredible woodworker wow. um he makes the most beautiful furniture and he makes um most of my noni's frames for her paintings i love that i know it's so cute and um my noni had three children um my one my aunt, I think is like she's creative as well, but my dad, I would say, is um very much an artist at heart. He's a very talented um, drawer, but his real talent lies with music. Yeah. I've just never met a more like prolific musician. I mean, he does this thing. He can't read music, Wow! but he does this thing where he can listen to a song one time and then play it perfectly
0: on yeah. the guitar. I just know a couple of people like, uh, that. It I'm, blows I'm not one of my them. mind. <laughs> it is so wild to me. Is your dad a professional musician or was it something no. that he,
1: wow. But he plays for the family. I mean, it's like such a treat to hear him anytime of he course. takes his
0: guitar out. Um, and like, yeah, what a cutie. I'm a, I love that. I'm a big fan of like, you know, separating, like, like, I don't like to think of creativity as the arts, like Mm. the arts are creative, but creativity is so much bigger. And also like, I'm, I'm really not into policing, like who's an artist and who's not me either. Yeah. I feel very open about those things. So follow up question is like, you know, was so i mean i think maybe i'm wondering like did your dad like did your dad not become a professional musician because he felt like he couldn't or was it like i'm keeping music pure and i'm doing my living another way like how did he like how did he teach you how did he like kind of teach you about it
1: um you know my dad's side they're all in construction okay so my noni and pa started a construction company and creative my, too I, yeah totally like yeah these business owners I feel so grateful to like yeah see their story unfold right but to be honest I don't really know what my dad's like he's also a beautiful woodworker I don't know what his like necessary like his clear you know linear thinking sure. of like making this like life choice I'm because so I think curious
0: about that stuff
1: yeah I, I should ahead. ask my dad a little bit more but he's um My dad is a really great boss. Cool. Um, He's artful about it. He is. I love that. I think I, he takes care of his people. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of times like everything in a work environment. Absolutely. Um, And it's it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's like a role that really suits him. And Mm -hmm. so I think that he really um, owns that. Yeah. And, and it's, and that is like a form of creativity. And I love, Absolutely. cause I'm not into policing what definitions of yeah. like artists or I love that it is creativity. And I think I say obvious too, because I feel like I've had such a rot relationship with creativity, but
0: we all do. Right. The question is just like, what's our stuff? Like what's totally, the stuff?
1: Totally. <laughs> and, um, my mom's side though, I mean like this is where I'm like, oh, this is creativity. And my mom would say like, oh, I'm not creative at all. I don't have a bone in my, a creative yeah. bone in my body. And I'm like, oh, I disagree. People who say that almost always are. Right, right. I mean, like, woman, mother... I've seen exactly. you fix our water heater with yeah. a toothpick and a paper clip. <laughs> like, I love it. Creativity is problem solving. And Absolutely. my mother is, and, and humans are innate problem solvers. And so inherently we're all creative, but my totally mother agree. is so brilliantly creative and
0: problem solving. I want to meet your parents. They <laughs> They're sound amazing. so cool. I love them. That's so cool. Yeah. I feel also just like, I mean, when I started this podcast, I was just like, what do we do? Like, I just, I feel like humans, (laughs) like broadly this problem solving thing, like it's so mysterious. It's so interesting. And then I think, well, who better to ask than people who've devoted their life to creativity Mm. about what these things are. And I've done like about almost 150 interviews now. And I, I, I'm constantly shocked by how little like how different the answers are. <laughs> like mm. There's all different things, but I think I agree with you. Like, you know, I don't know, looking for these like little sparkles of like ingenuity, like mm. it's so interesting. And these kind of more like, you know, I love the idea of like a person who like moves through the world artfully. Mm. Like, and it sounds like your dad is like that, like, um, being, being a boss that like sees people, that knows how to kind of put people like where they're going to thrive. Mm-hmm. That is orchestration, you know, like it's, it's, it's composition, like where humans are the medium, which is like, I think that's kind of like the goal. Mm. <laughs> like, the art that we make is like, you know, the process whereby we hone and, and practice these skills that then hopefully we take into our relationships and our societies. So I'm like, I'm, I feel very lofty about that.
1: I love and appreciate that so much. And I I couldn't agree more. And there is something like a thoughtful curation. And as you were speaking, of course, like my mind goes to flowers and how I approach flowers when I'm designing. But, um, you know, we all have our gifts,
0: right? And
1: it's our responsibility to share our gifts as well as it is for like accepting people to share their gifts, like having space for other people's gifts to thrive. And, um, I loved how you talked about like curating a team because I think that's what it is, is, you know, enabling people to inherently share whatever their gift and talent is, um, and making sure that everyone has
0: their space space, to grow and to receive. Right. And and it takes so much creativity to like see people that way, Mm. like to, to behold people and not kind of project like your own you know, biases and we all do it to some extent, but I think the kinds of people who really are good leaders are like visionary in that way, Mm -hmm. like in terms of, you know, seeing who a person is. And I don't know, like we were talking about before, like, I don't, I will probably chop that beginning part off, but, um, you know, talking about, uh, letting people evolve and like the kind of, there's kind of like a creativity there, I think too. Mm -hmm. Um, so this, this idea of like, you know, this kind of principle of like letting people show their gifts, that was something your parents taught you. Oh, wow. It's like interesting then to
1: like connect it back to like a specific.
0: Well, while you're thinking like, I'll just say like, so when I'm asking about the parents, like, you know, I've interviewed a lot of people who have parents who are professional artists, you know, their parents like went to Juilliard, you know, whatever. And sometimes those people have much less creative childhoods. Like, there's a, there's like a rigidity about it. Mm. And then, you know, I've talked with people whose parents have never been creative at all and are, and are very, um, resistant to the child being creative. Mm. And then I talked to a lot of people whose parents are not like professional artists, but who are extremely artful. And like, I guess my point is like none of those things like explicitly say like how the child, how like you as a child, were like taught to understand creativity, so I'm wondering if the ways that your parents were creative were something that you kind of like interpreted later, or if those principles were kind of like in the childhood. Mm, I would
1: say that it's definitely something I've interpreted later in my life. Cool. Um, my parents divorced when I was really little. Okay. And um, so when I think of my mom, I think of like a single mom who. You know,
0: stuff with a toothpick. Right. Yeah. You know,
1: we were latchkey kids, you yeah. know, we spent a lot of time alone. And, um, so I think with my mom, she filled so many roles for yeah. my brother and I. And so I think that a lot of it was through observation. And I think a lot of it was like through helping her, yeah. um, just like having to, it,
0: she's, she's so incredible. Um, I could talk about my mom all day. I um, love it. I, I, my mom's really abusive and, Um, I, I get like, I get really moved by mom things. Like when I hear people talking about having a good mom, I feel like, tell me everything about it. (laughs) Like tell me exactly what it's like. Yeah, that's amazing. Um,
1: Yeah. I feel, I feel really lucky. But, but the other thing is that both my parents were incredibly strict growing up, you know? So I think like, it's interesting to reflect and be like, oh, were we put in, you know, situations where, we were allowed to like really be ourselves because I, I mean like, of course we were, but I think more, um, you know, like I think that both my parents really believe in like hard work yeah. and I think that there, you know, it was always like, if you're going to do something, you're going to do it the right way sure. or don't do it at all. I get that. Uh huh. Yeah. And so I think that there was just like, you know, like you almost have to learn all the rules to know how to break them. Yeah. And so I just feel like, oh, wow, both my parents really taught me about Mm -hmm, all mm -hmm. the rules.
0: So how did they receive you as this like witchy little girl?
1: Wow. This is like also I like love childhood, but I also had a really tough childhood. I mean, there was um, like my dad remarried and there was like step siblings and, oh, yeah. And, and yeah and some some of that yeah and um Sorry. no yeah. it's hard it it's is really hard. hard and so i to be honest i like i have beautiful memories of my childhood and um i think like i have a lot of pain i mean like we all do yeah. right but i just don't think that i you know it's like hard. Cause I'm like, how much like trauma do I, like? you
0: can say whatever you want. Yeah.
1: But I think like, I really kind of, I think like, you know, I do have a big personality, but I think it was this like balance of, um, you know, like being weird and goofy and then also like feeling like I had to really shrink myself in a lot of situations. Totally relate to that. Yeah. You know, and, and really like feeling like a lot of anxiety and, yeah. um, on when it was okay and when it wasn't sure. And so I think that, you know, I've always felt loved by my mom and my dad for sure. Mm. But I think that I've always kind of had to
0: navigate when, when, when you p- let that wild out. Yeah. Yeah. Or let it in. Yeah. I really relate to that. I, I, I didn't always feel loved, but like everything else that you said, I really feel the same way about. And I also like, so it's something that I, that I, I like to ask artists like, you know, especially like a lot of people will sit in this chair and tell me like I was different, like I felt a little different. And I don't mm. I don't think that's that shocking that, you know, people who grew <laughs> up to be artists like felt odd as sure. children. Sure. Um but my follow-up question is always like, but what did you think about it? Like if you kind of felt like, oh I I get the feeling that I'm in seeing the world differently from the people around me, mm. my, you know, other children or the adults, but like do you think it's cool or like, you know, how did you feel about those like burgeoning, like little magics? So how did you feel about them? Um, I love to play. Yeah. I love playing
1: now. I've always loved to play. Um, and so I think that sometimes there's like nothing more, precious to me than like fully immersed in play. And you know, my family's funny too. My dad is absolutely hilarious. It sounds like a beautiful mix. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, both my parents are just incredibly complex, interesting humans. I just love them.
0: I have to imagine that like, I mean, we'll get to it, but I I have to imagine that now a lot of those like rule following, like do everything right. Like that kind of stuff is helpful in owning a business, but it's just like a delicate balance. Absolutely. I really feel like that too. Like that's one thing that my parents, like I talk about it in therapy all the time. Like how do I parse out like the things about this that were good and the things about (laughs) this that were trauma? Like it's really confusing.
1: It's hard to hold space for both. I mean like talking about that separateness again, like
0: it's, they're both, they don't cancel each other out. You can just hold space for both of them. Right. And like, yeah, how do, how do we hold on to like these parts of our identities that have, or even like these parts of our, you know, coping mechanisms that have kind of, like, served us well, mm-hmm. but then, like, reconnect with, like, you know, that kind of unfettered, like, you know, that magical thing. I, I don't love know. unfettered as a word. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Me too. I think that's about that good. a lot. Like, I feel it. Like, yeah. I feel like a little, I feel like that little person that's, like, just no rules and mm. like trying to find her like trying to kind of give her enough space but like give her space yeah, like that kind of chaos and wild like it's i don't know i'm i'm experimenting with it a lot as an adult good for you <laughs> i love that good for you too <laughs> like it sounds like how old are you i am 29 okay i just turned 34 so yeah like in in a similar i would see it as like a similar time of life yeah, totally yeah it sounds like maybe I don't know I also feel like there's really something about being like a woman in like you know these kind of like later the later years of our fertility or something Mm -hmm. that's really specific like maybe that's projecting but I (laughs) I always feel like that's like a (laughs) like something there's something unique
1: there oh my god I actually um I've been I never wanted children but lately I've been saying that I feel like my body's been betraying me because I sometimes cry now about kids I don't understand it um and it's sudden and I think that it like the more that I I think about why I think there is something about like you know, getting into your thirties and thinking about fertility and it it really is trippy and weird.
0: Yeah. I, I, especially I've talked whenever I interview women who are like around the same age, like I interviewed one person once, um, they're non-binary, but, um, have a uterus. And we were talking about, um, how like it's, it's almost like, the creativity of womanhood is like wrapped up in childbearing Hmm. in like a way that I think can be really confusing. Hmm. (laughs) I also don't want children, but also feel like there's just something about being childless in these childbearing years. That is interesting. Hmm. (laughs) Something also a bit wild about it. Maybe. Do you feel like, you know,
1: that connection, has something like very specific to do with womb and like the Maybe. idea of womb and like, you know, whether you're nurturing a child or nurturing a project, is that kind of what I'm Absolutely. hearing? That, okay. I mean, that's
0: what they, that's what that other guest said. That's for the listener. That's Madison. If you want to go find it, Madison I can't yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, what a cool person. And Yeah, I've interviewed a couple of other people who talk, a couple of other women who talk about releasing their project like a birth, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel very, like, gender non-essential most of the time. Like, Mm. most of the time I feel like I want to reject any, like, real clear you know, this is what women feel and this is what men feel. Sure, But yeah, I don't know. Even just like socialization is pretty powerful. And like, Mm. even if it is just a social construct, like of this idea of like some kind of a womb thing, I think there can be like a, I don't know. It's something I think about as a woman who's 34.
1: I appreciate it. (laughs) And I, I wonder if I'm like, I could probably delve a little bit deeper into that because I think I also, you know, try to reject a lot of like societal, whatever it means to be a woman. And even in my most, I mean, like this is probably the most recent it's been on my mind this year. Actually, there's been a couple of things that have been connecting me to the, to the word womb and the, and the concept, but mother's day just happened, which is one of the biggest holidays for flowers. And, um, so with, with every order, I provide a ritual card, which talks about some of the medicinal and medicinal virtues of each flower. And then yeah. on the back, there's a suggested ritual wow. and on, yeah, thank it's you. It's really beautiful. Thank you. I can't wait to hear more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and the back of the card for the suggested ritual for mother's day, I think starts out to say like, you know, no matter what gender you are, like we all can be a mother yeah. and, um, something that's like innate to what mothers do is like to follow your intuition and to make Mm -hmm. that gut feeling. And you know, how do we nurture that gut feeling? How do Mm -hmm. we nurture that concept of like womb and intuition, mind, body. Um, and so we talked to like the ritual ended up like giving yourself a self massage in your, your belly. Yeah. And then to like, put your belly down on the earth and release it. Yeah. And the ritual was for anyone. And I I had some people tell me that they did it, which was amazing. I had a friend who sent it to her mother who I'm not sure how old she is, but I imagine in her seventies, wow. maybe sixties or seventies, who did the whole ritual yeah. and said that she was really filling in. And I think it's like a really important, you know, no matter what gender you are, but just to feel that, like, you know, that sacral sacral chakra, yeah. Yeah. um, of, of, gut and womb and stomach and intuition and making sure it's unblocked. And like, what is it that we all hold there? Totally. I don't know,
0: but I'm interested in it. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably some of that essence stuff too. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I love it. And I feel like, yeah, those things, especially if you're raised in like, you know, a conservative environment or a very strict environment it can be so easy to lose touch with those things. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe my kind of working theory and it might be bullshit, but I think maybe my working theory is that like women who have children can like maybe it's a little bit less tricky to parse some of these things because there is like such a tangible place for all of that exploration to go. Hmm. I don't know. I wonder sometimes if those of us that are childless, like just have a little bit like it's, it's untethered in a way that's kind of interesting and weird. Hmm. (laughs) So as a child, let's go back. Um, When like, I'm curious, like, if, and when you started like growing things, arranging things, like how did your mediums like, or, or if, were you doing music? Like how did your mediums kind of take shape? Mm, um, Whatever they were, whatever they are. (laughs) (laughs) Both of my, both my mom, my abuela,
1: I haven't even talked about my abuela yet, who is like my heart and soul. Um, And like, she was everything that I try to be. She's no longer with us, but, I mean, she's always she's, with you. She's always with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but my abuela, my great-grandma, my grandma Fraga, my mom, my Nino, they're all incredible gardeners. I mean, wow. we've always had a salsa garden. Wow. We've always had beautiful flowers. And my dad and my Noni are also beautiful farmers and gardeners and so I think that's always been a part of my childhood on both sides wow. it's like yard work was it like food mostly or like both yeah you know cool. m- uh, we've spent so much time in my mom's yard just planting flowers and perennials so I just Ugh, I mean I found so romantic I, I think on both sides of my family I'm I like oh I you know like I can so vividly picture moments of like the the homes, like my abuela's house, my noni's house, house, my mom's house, like images and memories like in the yard surrounded yeah. by these absolutely incredible,
0: beautiful yeah. flowers and plants. Oh, it like takes my breath away. How, how long ago did your dad's family like immigrate from Italy and then your mom's family from wherever they're from?
1: My great grandma, um, my grandma Fraga is from Mexico, okay. um, Moralia, Michoacan. And, um, I think my great uh, grandpa, my, grandpa pro Fraser, uh, he immigrated from Italy. And okay. so both my great grandparents on both sides. Okay. And, you know, my, my mom's side, my great grandma and my grandpa came over as like refugees. Wow. Um, and, uh, so I think, you know, like it's interesting to know that it's like I, I've known both of my my great grandma and yeah. my great grandpa um, and to see how that my great grandpa actually from, from Italy. He owned a little grocery store on 25th Street in Ogden. Wow. I know. And my noni has a painting of it. They're so cute. <laughs> I love
0: it so much. <laughs> I, just, I have to imagine also like the food culture in the family. Amazing. Was incredible. Is incredible. I. Oh, my God. Two stories,
1: very please. quickly about the food.
0: I love talking about food. Like, I, mm. food is maybe mm-hmm. my favorite mm-hmm. medium mm. of all. Mm. So please tell. tell I the I love that. Um, I'll say,
1: my noni recently. I mean, my grandparents are in their eighties, and um, whatever Easter, but my noni was doing an Easter dinner, and um, she baked. She did everything by herself. Like usually we all kind of bring a dish, but she wanted to make everything. So she baked a homemade bread and she made, um, you know, I think every Christmas she makes homemade gnocchi and wow. that's like Sagala bread and she made two pies for Easter. And I just thought this was such a labor of love and there's so much beauty in mm-hmm. everything you do for your family and, and feeding them and playing the piano and singing christmas oh, carols and painting you know everyone in our family has been painted um wow. yeah um and then my mom's side my mom and i went to morelia where my great grandma was from a couple of years ago and in mexico uh-huh okay. yeah and our family has this recipe for enchiladas which like my favorite foods are either enchiladas or lasagna Um, so like one from each side, (laughs) noodles and cheese, uh, tortillas and, um, veggies. But anyway, uh, we have like a very specific mole and any enchilada I've ever had, like we've, I've never had one that tasted remotely similar to our family's recipe. And my mom and I went to Morelia Michoacan where our family was from. And our first night there, we ordered the regional enchiladas. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was the same. <gasps> and it was just this like, you know, like. What's in the mole? It, it's what are the, it's what are like the, the specific chile. Um, it's so hard to explain, but yeah. it's just, it's really, it's rich and it's spicy and it's like a darker mole, like it's not green, it's not red sauce, it's like
0: a deeper wow brown sauce almost and i love moles oh my god me too i love like every flavor like mole and curry Mm. like there's i mean there's no better way to like my heart than like a spicy (laughs) sauce (laughs) i love it so much i like just i distinctly remember like the first time that i had a mole that had like chocolate in it Mm. and i was just like dear lord what is this like (laughs) Give me heaven. every mole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that was like, wow.
1: You know, like to connect to our culture, yeah, a place, like a physical so place, was really, really amazing. I feel like that would
0: have just like made me cry. It like, did.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I, I was eating there was enchilada tears. and
0: like just S- this is down my face. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So as a child, like, what what all mediums did you like play around with? Mm. Uh, well, I never thought I was
1: creative as I mentioned earlier, as you know, so many people do, because I think I had a very narrow definition. I'm not a drawer. Yeah. Um, I'm an okay painter, but I think it's because I, I'm good at colors. Like sure. I love playing with colors. Um, but I, I did a lot of singing. I did a lot of drama. Yeah. Um, I actually like, I played a lot of sports. I played soccer for cool. most of my life. Um, I did dip- debate um
0: policy debate or it was bullshit debate (laughs) um it was impromptu where you get like i know i did policy debate but it was miserable you made the right choice i I wish I would have done the I other was, one like state champion. And, <laughs> and I'm like,
1: the, I was state champion of bullshit. Like, cause that's all.
0: Like, <laughs> Listen, policy debate
1: is bullshit too. It, it is. It right? really, it, it is. really, really is. I think yeah. my winning speech, I said something like Helen Keller doesn't wear any pants and who know how I made it sound like it, that was a selling point and something, I, some I nugget love, of wisdom. I
0: love but. these stories of like our teenage. So like we've been talking about We've kind of been going back and forth between childhood and adulthood, but like, I'd love to talk about the childhood and get that like pure, like mm. what was the like stuff that was like in you and in the family. And then like the things we do as teenagers, I find them so interesting. Oh and my gosh. I think a lot of artists, like a lot of adults in general, like don't like to talk about their teenage selves. Like we're all we're I a little love like, my
1: teenage self. I mean, I was in <laughs> so much pain, but I was I was like every parent's worst nightmare as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. I was, I mean, maybe it was the trauma. Maybe, I, I mean, lots of things. But I mean, like, I remember, oh my gosh, this is, i like, so embarrassing. But I, I was it. so defiant. Um, and I went to, a, a, my mom put us through a private Catholic school, preschool okay. through eighth grade. Wow. And then I went to Ogden High. And it was very different than private Catholic school. And I was able to get really good grades without ever going. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't an attendance credit. I think oh when, when I went to Ogden High and I went with my partner. So we actually met when we were 14. Wow. We were best friends. Sweethearts. I know. Um, <laughs> and we yeah, we just had so much fun. But I, I think I probably missed more days than I actually went, but graduated with like a three nine.
0: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you were like, doing fine. I was fine. <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: I yeah. was fine. I, I, it, but, um, it was so much play for me as a teenager and like that. all the different ways. And, um, Ogden is amazing. Like the mountains are so close in Salt Lake, but they are so close in Ogden. So just like, uh, you know, there was a lot of other Things that we played with. I like, know yeah. I did some drugs as a teenager. How dare! How dare! Yeah. Um, but just like playing in the mountains and going mm-hmm. out on like drives, we did a lot of like driving. Just we would just go as far west as we could go. We'd yeah. pick a street and just keep driving oh, until it ended. That.
0: Um, how did you? What? What? How did that? That? Um, that original kind of like earth essence thing evolve in your teens? Mm,
1: Gosh, I mean, those mountains are so sacred to me. And uh, I mean, there was just, you know, as a teen, you feel alone or, you know, you fuck up and you're like, if, you know, just so in your own world. And I think those mountains took it all for me. Wow. You know, I just think they held me in all the ways that you can be held by land.
0: Yeah. Did you feel like you like were kind of discovering the land like in a, in a bigger way? Like were there new things that you kind of learned as you like were able to go like literally farther from home? Hmm. Like, I don't know. Cause I can imagine like. I mean, I'm, I'm just relating to like my own experience. And like, I remember like our next door neighbor had like this little grove of trees in his front yard or like a little bushes, you know, Mm -hmm. they were like thick, like a thicket of bushes. And I could crawl in this like one little spot and like sit in the middle (laughs) of the bushes. And I loved being in there. Like, I love just sitting in there and like just picking at like the ground and like <laughs> you know just like I just would I was very very sure that if I sat there long enough there would be fairies like
1: I believe in fairies <laughs> still I, I do too <laughs> yeah <I'm> and <laughs> like
0: that's real they were there if you yeah. thought about them they were there totally I and I just like I also still like live in this place emotionally like I'm still very like you know fantasy is all around me all the time honey you're a witch too <laughs> I think probably yeah i
1: have like a really loose definition <laughs> of a witch i recently told my my dad is conservative and construction and yeah. you know like yes and my you know my mom's side is very different but i recently told my dad that i thought he was a witch <laughs>
0: <laughs> i love it what did he say but, and i like explained and he was like hmm, yeah I love it. Kind of. Yeah. So. I feel very like, I feel very romantic. I know, I know like a lot of women who identify as witches and they're all women that I love so much. Mm-hmm. And the, I, I say this a lot, like if I'm with someone who like, that's like a a medium that they, um, feel moved by. Or like if someone ever like presents me with tarot cards, I'm like, I'll take that very seriously. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I've, I feel like I am still like, you know, I spent I used to be faculty at BYU. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that gives you like a some clues. Great. About like what I've been you through. Read through the lines. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I'm still kind of trying to figure those things out, but all everything that feels like in those mediums of like anything that would be like in which in which land feels very like cl- close mm-hmm. to like the things that I kind of feel but it's not yet something that I like, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I think like, but I'm into it. I love that because I think
1: that's like the, I mean, like I think everyone's a witch pretty much. But for me, it's like, Oh, you're, it's like, there's a book called the green witch. And I think it puts it like much more beautifully, but it's kind of describing what like a green witch to read is. But essentially for me, it's like a, a big indicator of which is, um, when you're outside, you know you're in like enveloped by land and plants and flowers and you feel that feeling yeah like you're open and aware of that energy that vibrancy that um vibration you're like you know and and that's why i told my dad, because I remember when I was 18, I grew up Catholic and I I was 18 and, um, there was like some things happening in my life that were really making me question religion. And I have a hilarious confirmation story. I was not Catholic after I got confirmed. It was an absolute disaster. Um, and I was like, Nope, not for me. But I think like at that point I was still really struggling with like my definition of God. And my dad said, well, do you know that moment when you're on a hike?" and you're staring out and you feel chills yeah he's like I don't know how else to describe it but that's God mm. and I was just like but that's mm. what I define as witch right. and so I told him this recently and he was like hmm, okay well, yeah then, well maybe I'm a witch too. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but I think that's really I mean I think it's just like being open yeah to feeling
0: like the other energy that really yeah is That super rings true to me well and also like i mean i think also you know i talk with a lot of performing artists about like that thing that happens mm. like on stage mm-hmm. or like that you know and i i feel like that's just near nearby all the time like, right also here like in this room like this also feels very like i don't know it's like a practice mm. or something Um, but what I was going to say is like, you know, I can picture that, that little magic of sitting in like that little, you know, thicket of bushes and then knowing how that kind of changes for me as an adult, like in bigger spaces, farther from home, you know, how I will feel like, you know, in the Pacific Northwest rainforest Mm -hmm. and wondering if like those things kind of like deepened and evolved for you, like in your teens with the mountains.
1: Yeah. I think that, um, I think I spent so much more time. On hikes alone. Um, and you, you go farther, Mm -hmm. you know, you go farther and longer, you go at night, you know, I love night Mm -hmm. hikes. Um, and you, it's like this, this feeling of, of being okay. And it like, it really gives you this like confidence of, of just being Mm -hmm. held. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's like, you know, such, I don't know if it makes sense, but that's how I keep on describing it is I just feel really held and totally know what you mean Mm -hmm. I totally know that feeling too yeah and and the longer you go and the deeper you connect and the deeper you build that relationship with Mm. the plants around you the paths the rocks like it feels you know and when you explore something new and being like present for, like, yeah, you know, experiencing and observing and thinking what's around you, like it I think it's a really great lesson in being present. so i I would say, like, you know, that's maybe evolved as I've gotten older. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's like it's such a reprieve. Like I think so many people connect with nature and camping, and yeah. you know it's like why Utah is like so so popular, it's just amazing to be outdoors here,
0: right, right did your was your relationship with like ritual um like did you have language for that in your teens or did that come later that definitely came later but i love stories
1: and i love intention and i love mm-hmm. connections yes and so i think for me ritual is like born out of that you know like it's the magical in the mundane it is Taking, speaking my language right, completely. right I mean it's yeah. I like it's everything that you're talking about like yeah. it's nearby and and this when you say practice with your podcast like this is probably a ritual and like how you prepare how you start your your interview questions like there's yeah. a lot of intentionality in the way that you go about this
0: yeah I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say like just the way that you said like um I care about intention or like, I don't know exactly how you put it, but like whatever it was that you said with intention, I don't know that I've heard anybody like say something quite like that, but I really feel that too. Mm -hmm. Like, like story and intention. Like I think like, you know, I say this on the podcast all the time. Like anyone who listens regularly is like, we know this is what Emily thinks. But like, (laughs) I, I feel really strongly that like, you know, the ultimate kind of, um, purpose of our creativity is like to behold one another. Like Mm -hmm. there's nothing kind of more important than that. And I feel like intention is such an important piece of that. Like to, to try to understand someone's behaviors, like in the context of their intention, it's kind of everything. And I feel like that takes a lot of creativity and it takes like storytelling and story Mm -hmm, weaving. Like mm -hmm. how do I, how do I connect like what this person is telling me and what I see of their intention and then their behaviors and then the results and like connecting those dots with like some kind of a story is like, it's magic. And I think that's, that's the world that I love to live in. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't say it better. Yeah. Yeah. So as a teen, like, I'm curious, like how aware were you that these were like the things you cared about, or is this something that you kind of like put words on later? Like, what did it, what did it feel like from your perspective at that time? Hmm. I think, you know, it's probably something I would put words on later.
1: I mean, I think there's always been like, these, these keys, like, you know, my mom had, my mom is so amazing. She was, um, you know, when my mom and dad got divorced, my mom didn't have a job. She had a mortgage. She had these two kids to care for and she got a job working at, um, an aerospace company as the, you know, um, executive assistant that, you know, the receptionist, cool. $10 an hour. And wow. 10 years later, she was a program manager making Amazing. six figures, you yeah, know, like it, it doesn't, you know, it's like the American dream. And I I don't believe in the American dream. Like I have like a lot of, um, issues with that yeah. myth, mm-hmm. but because like, there are those exception stories. And in my, my my mom is that exception. She's five foot, one she says five foot two but mm, yeah. <laughs> you know she's this little Mexican woman who has yeah. defied every expectation and works in a stem field wow. and owns it she is I mean she also is a mother effing boss
0: <laughs> she sounds incredible she is
1: she I is love it. Like she's also the life of the party. Like she's so mischievous and has like such a twinkle, but she (laughs) also is just like, she gets it done. She is. She's (laughs) boss boss.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I want to meet her. She sounds
1: incredible. I'm obsessed with her. I mean, we talk almost every day. She's, she's my absolute best friend, but, but to connect back growing up, I think there's like a real defiantness about me And, um, you have to learn, you have to, you have to explore it totally. And, you know, I think watching my mom work so hard, I mean, she worked so hard and she worked all the time. And, you know, if it wasn't work, it was, you know, taking me to soccer, coordinating soccer, and then managing this giant yard. And she just means so much to so many. And she did Mm -hmm. so, so much. And she was so exhausted. And I really criticized her for the job she had because she was also, really unhappy at times because of the stress. Yeah. And, and so I just always, you know, like, I think I romanticize, you've said that a couple of times, like, yeah. I think I romanticized like a creative existence. Yeah. And I remember, you know, like I've always kind of pushed my mom a little bit or like, you know, I really want you to do work that's happy. But I think, you know, my childhood was more secure than hers. Um, And she, you know, her, that's her own story. But I think that, you know, they, they did not have a lot growing up. And so my mom, you know, I think my grandpa had some school, but my mom's the first person in her family to go to college. Um, She's very much like a lot of pressure, a trailblazer in a lot of aspects. And so security has meant something completely different to her. Right. Than it did for me, right. and um. So I, but I remember, you know, just like when are you? I really want you to do something that makes you happy, but she has other priorities. She makes, you know, she does this job so she can get her happiness, which is traveling. Right. She's a scuba diver. She skydives. She's a traveler. She's instilled that like, yeah. that love of traveling in me. Like, you know, Mother's Day I was going around with my niece and my brother and we, we're telling like, you know, kind of like rounds of stories, like, okay, like, let's tell our favorite trip. Like, let's tell yeah. the story of like, when mom was, we made her the most mad, like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. all the all these things. And, yeah. and it was so easy. Like, that was the first question to ask was like, let's tell our favorite trip with mom because like, she's always yeah. tried to take us somewhere, show you know, things. Mm-hmm. show us things. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I remember I was, when I was a a dick as a teenager. Um, you know, I was saying something to my mom and my mom said, you know what, I don't care if you have a pot to piss in, you know, you just do whatever you want to (laughs) do. Or, you know, she said, maybe you wouldn't care if you had a pot to piss in because it was so clear that like having a nine to five computer job was like, um, my worst nightmare. Right. And I did, you know, that was the job I left was, it was still in the arts. Like I was an arts administrator, but, um,
0: What did you think you wanted to do as a teen? So I had no idea was the thing though. You You just had a thing, but it was like, where does it go?
1: You know, that's like, I feel like I do have a really strong relationship with my angels and my spirits and my ancestors. But so I think that I knew there was something, but I do really feel like I've just followed that. Like I've never had a five-year plan. I've never had a three-year plan, but I think I can imagine the things that I value and the things that I want to surround myself with. So, Mm. but I feel like I've always just, been kind of led into the next thing and led into the next thing and led into the next thing so you know in college I found I I went to school for urban ecology okay so city planning which was beautiful for me because it it was so interesting places and community and um, social justice economic justice uh ecology you know ecological justice problem
0: solving like that's That's big creative. A hundred percent. That's mixed media. Oh my god, I loved it. And then I found the
1: multidisciplinary design program, which was the the first, I think, avenue that really gave me the confidence to create. Oh,
0: please tell me, like please elaborate. Yeah, that's so interesting. Well,
1: I think it was the first time that I ever heard like a lot of my self. Con- I mean, oh, gosh, you're so self-conscious like in an environment like that. But it was such a powerful experience for me, and I think it was the first time that I understood that creativity is a skill. Right. Y- you know, it's something you it's practice. Not a, it's not a medium. It's yeah. yeah. It's it's. It's not a product. It's something that you do over and over yeah. and over again, and iteration after iteration. And right. that there's no such thing as failure. That it's just process. Yeah. And I think taking away that failure bit yeah. and just viewing it as process mm-hmm. as an iteration, yeah. I think really gave me, um, this like sense of, you know, okay, I can, I can do this permission. I can, permission. Yeah. Oh gosh. I said that when I started my own business all the time, I give myself permission to try and I give myself permission to fail It's and one of my favorite topics.
0: Totally. That's one thing that like, as much as I feel like in some ways I really, you know, lost touch with that kind of like, you know, very magical child that I think I came into the world as Mm -hmm. one thing that's always felt intuitive to me. And I'm grateful for it is, is that piece. Like I, I never was afraid of failure. I mean, everyone's afraid of like the feelings that accompany failure, but it never deterred me. Yeah. Um, and I always felt a lot of, like when you were talking, when you're talking about like defiance, like it definitely had a strong measure of that as well. My defiance was maybe it took a different form. I was always like very well behaved, hmm. but like I was scheming, you know, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to, I'm going to like be self-sufficient so that I can like major in whatever I want. Yeah, Cause my parents were very unsupportive of me, like pursuing the arts. Um, so I was like, you know, I was like, I'm breaking out of this place. And that was like my, that was like my little defiance. But, um, but yeah, I think these, these ideas of like ownership, like owning who you are, owning Mm -hmm. what you want to do, owning like your, your vision, and then giving yourself permission to do it. They're such important principles
1: Yeah, I, I could not agree more. And I think that was like definitely this, this piece that I felt that was missing that I had really wanted to cultivate. And then it just felt good to finally begin to cultivate. And, and, oh, I was just going to say too, that I, I just, all through college, I worked with, um, Latinx teens. Cool. And so, um, it just kind of leads me to, like, the next chapter, which I just feel like I also very much, like, fell into. It's, like, another great story of how I actually got the job. But, um, you know, public or... I working with teenagers was like very much about community. Like it was the same 40 students that wow. we worked with from the time they were in seventh grade to the time that they were juniors in wow. high school. So we just had built these amazing relationships with them. And so it was, it was very much about community. And then I think I had this design piece and I think I had this like really big city piece and community, you know, like planning piece and yeah. absolutely loved artists like Candy Chang or, you know, like the tactical urbanism, the, you know, street, you know, memory, temporary art. And, um, those three things I think are really at the intersection of public art, which was the job that I feel like I, you know, fell into and managed the Salt Lake City public art program for almost three years before I quit to start my own business.
0: Wow. So that was a nine to five, but like, A cool nine to five, like a purpose, a purpose driven (laughs) nine to five. It, I mean, it's part of the city. If that says sure, yeah, everything, yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. It's tricky. I, I, I wrestle with this kind of thing too because I also have big visions about like what I want society to look like. Mm. But like, yeah, the bureaucracy of like the government will make me incapable of anything. Totally. Yeah. I,
1: I mean, like, I do. I mean, gosh that's like talk about another chapter that I just feel incredibly grateful for because of the confidence that gosh, so much imposter syndrome throughout my life, but so much, I mean, that job really showed me what I was capable of in a lot of different ways. And, and there was parts of it that were just absolutely amazing and super fun and working and supporting artists and like, um, you know, cultivating and creating calls and working with so many different departments and working with a board. And, um, I feel very grateful for everything that I got to practice and learn. And yeah, you're building
0: your, your toolbox. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah. Um, this multidisciplinary design course, what was it called? That you said it multidisciplinary design. That's the program. Got it right. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. So, um, I want to know more about this. Like so am I understanding correctly that like this was the first time you kind of realized like I don't need like one of these like fine art mediums in order to be an artist yeah is that right and then so when you like left that class like did you feel like an artist I did the minor so I'm grateful that I got to go through like a couple
1: studios um I think what it gave me Yes, actually, I mean, like, I could dissect that a little bit further, but I think it was like, oh my god, I, I am capable of creating, but everything I created too, I will say, was like, at the center was the storytelling, the intention. The first project we ever had was a salt and pepper shaker. Cool. We had to design one, and and that was it. It was open ended. It was like design a salt and pepper shaker. That's so open. Oh yeah, and and everyone's was so different. Um, and I, gosh, I really loved my cohort that I went to school with too for this minor. Um, very special people, but you know, every, every, everyone's salt and pepper shaker looked completely different, but mine had this like kind of angular base. cool. And at the top I had dyed this round wood ball. Yeah. I cut it in half. I dug it out I put a magnet in it and I d- dyed it indigo and it was cool. held at the top of this like angular structure by a magnet and you would pluck it because you pluck peppercorns Yeah. and then at the base, like directly under the peppercorn, pepper shaker was this copper bowl because salt is always you find it within something you find it in the ocean you find it in the salt mine so I'd whittled this little spoon and had salt in this copper bowl and and that was my salt and pepper shaker you know so like right so there's there's the story there's the intention and it felt really good to finally make something with these
0: connections that you know I'm obsessed with this like story intention art like amalgamation that rings like so true to me. Like I, I really feel that. Yeah. Do you want to say anything else about like, you know, who gets to be an artist? Like, Hmm. I feel like you might, it sounds like you might have like some insight there. Man,
1: I think, you know, like my, my insight or what I would have to say is I just think that it, it, I think it's all about whatever it is that is your gift, like whatever it is that you feel that pull yeah. to, to honor it, you know? So I think that looks, creativity looks like that in all the ways, whether yeah. it's a boss or, you know, as we've talked about, it like right. runs the gamut, it's for everyone and yeah. to know that it's not separate and yeah. that, that creativity is, you know, um, inextricably connected yeah. and, inter interconnected. It's all interconnected. It's all, it's, it's not all the separate. Same thing. Totally. It's all the same thing.
0: Yeah. I think a lot about like, like I, I like to use the word artful more than the word artistic because I feel like anything can be artful, you know, like even just some people like the way that they literally move through the world, like literally the way that they move their arms, the way that they like move their head, like it looks like dance, you know? And I I always feel very taken with people who move like that. Yeah. Even if they've never taken a dance class, I just feel like you are like moving, walking, breathing artwork, like just in the world or like people whose voices are like just measured. And like, you know, I feel like there are people who like, you know, they're like a, a cashier or something, but like their <laughs> voice is just like beautiful. Mm, or, I feel
1: like you have a beautiful voice. Thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. I think about that one a lot because I'm so moved by voices. Mm. And I think I think a lot about like what my like colloquial voice is doing in a room. Um, so thank you. But, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's I lovely. feel I feel pretty strongly that like art is just if you feel like it's art and you feel like it's artful. That's it. You're an artist. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Agreed. And like, we can talk about, you know, like what these words mean in like a tax, like how you fill out your taxes kind of a way. But, but but I mean, also like,
1: you know, like with, with, with math or with organizing, like I really do feel like with categorization, like, and I think artful Mm -hmm. for me also means
0: intention. Right. Yeah. And it's that gift. Like you were talking about like these genius things. I mean, We all have like heard stories of or have known people in person who are like mathematicians who are like they see math like poetry, you Mm -hmm. know, it just and I yeah, I feel like anywhere you look in any medium, in any subject, in any discipline, like there are artists there and there are people in the arts who are not very artful, too. Totally. So you left school feeling like an artist what did you feel or what did you feel like your, your mediums were like, how were you thinking of that? Uh,
1: you know, I think that when I graduated from college, there was like a couple, um, I've just been really lucky with opportunities the the first thing I did out of school was I, you know, I was still working with these teens part-time I was serving part-time, but then I got this fellowship, which was designing a curriculum for youth to explore. It was called the Observe program. And and so you ask all these questions. It's like very much like based off the Jane Jacobs um, you know, principles and the death and life of great American cities, but these like principles of like what makes a happy, healthy, safe wow. community. And, and so it asked kids to like get outside and what do you smell and what do you see? And, cool. and so I got to help design that curriculum and like physically design this product. Wow. And then I think there was like a couple, you know, like community art things. Like I made this one really non-functional, um, <gasps> thing about, what was it? It it was about creating a routine and it was, I think it was about creating ritual too. And so you have to do something 21 days or 21 times or something like that that. before it becomes a habit or a routine. And so I had this thing where you turned 21 times and it told you it was kind of like little mantras and manifestations 21 times, but something like that. Anyway, I think we threw it away.
0: No, I I love that. Like that's, I feel like that's, you know, In the same way that an an orchestral conductor is playing music, like that's art, like planning things, like having a vision of something. Um, Yeah. Thinking about like structure. Those things are so clearly art, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just like the medium is Mm -hmm. a little um, nebulous, you know, but it's like the intention. (laughs) yeah right yeah Yeah, it always comes back I feel it um so talk to me about ritual and bloom like how did so I'm I'm curious about flowers and plants and also like the the ritual part of it like this other component because it's clear that like your business is twofold in that way tell me like the evolution like how did you get from how did you get to like having a business
1: Mm. um Um, so having a full-time job, um, there was like some toxic things happening. Um, there was a lot of turnover and, um, I was very unhappy and very angry because, um, you know, talk about that defiant too, but when my, you know, loved ones are in pain and it was very difficult working for the city during 2020 and being very critical of, responses and wow. language and you know white tears sure. and um it was it was very angry and um to help myself through this i started a, a moon practice okay um so i i always loved the moon but never really had my own practice and so every two weeks with the new moon I would do a ceremony a ritual with the full moon I would do a ceremony and a ritual and um the full moon is so great for me because I I'm a fire sign me
0: too yay I'm a Sagittarius I'm an Aries <gasps> oh Aries oh my god it's like fire fire a lot of times when I tell people I'm an Aries they're like well that makes sense <laughs> and then I'm like hey <laughs> but I always joke I'm, it's kind of a joke but it's kind of really real like I'm an Aries who was raised by narcissists so some of the like mm. some of the narcissistic things that are often associated with Aries I feel like they they were smushed <laughs> so I'm like I'm like a tempered Aries <laughs> what a blessing Yeah, I mean, I'll take it as it is Yeah,
1: <laughs> oh, Aries I have some difficult Aries in my life we all do we all do <laughs> my brother's in an Aries and I have a, a new friend that I've made this year uh, who's very into numerology and, and astrology and he we were telling each other about our families and he's like telling me about his brother and then he asked about my family and I was like, well, my mom's a Leo and I'm a Sagittarius. My brother's an Aries. And he was like, Oh, we got a hot triple family. fires. Yes. And I was like, how have I never put this together? Like the three of us really are like, Phew. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah. But this, this, you know, so it's full moons are great for me for the release. Like I need a tangible release to help me process and yeah. to like stop running energy. That's not mm-hmm. mine. Mm-hmm. But, The new moon was so life changing for me because, you know, new moon's the time you set intentions and it's the time that you ask yourself, what do I want creativity to look like in my life? What do I want relationships to look like in my life? What do I want my work to look like in my life? And it was the first time that I think I was ever actually asking myself these questions. I think that I've been really blessed and supported by my ancestors and angels to like follow a path. That's my path and my, wow. you know, sacred destiny and my sacred work without consciously making like, you know, without I'm going to be a doctor it, yeah. and this is my course. It was very much like, you know, design and urban ecology are so open, you know, you right. could do so many different things with both right. of those things. Um. So, I, you know, I do feel like I've been very much divinely guided, but it was just this, you know, like I think I, i I love flowers I mean I can't believe I haven't even like talked about how really absolutely about like flowers. magical yeah. I think they are tell me
0: everything oh they're so you can beautiful get, I would love to hear you get like so niche about it like mm. talk to me like I'm a flower person too awesome okay. so fun <laughs> I would love to just like hear you speak in like great detail about mm. like tell us how you see flowers fun.
1: Well, well, and, and to go like a little bit to continue this, like, how did I, how did I do this is, you know, I think like again, both my families are gardeners, but very interested in medicine as well. Like herbalism, you know, and, and I think like my mom and my, you know, my mom's side and dad's, side both have like little tricks, you know, like
0: put a garlic in your ear when you have an ear infection. Exactly.
1: You know, like I think herbalism, my mom is like a very powerful, powerful witch, um, and healer and everything. But so I think once I started opening myself up a little bit more to my messages from my ancestors, mm. I, at this like my business idea really was a direct download. Like it wow. really was something that came to me after ceremony. Wow. Um, that it was very much like this is your work, go wow. do it. And and so I think right now I'm in this really incredible. Course um, through this organization called Ancestral Apothecary, and wow. they do a lot of um, it's called the Curanderics toolkit. And curanderos are um, like shamanic folk killers in Mexico. Okay, cool. And um, so, like, I'm learning a lot in this course, and wow. and I've taken some like BIPOC, and that's really special to me too to like be in these like BIPOC, Black Indigenous people of color centered spaces because. Yeah. Like, so much of herbalism is westernized because of genocide and colonization, right. and like so much ancestral knowledge is lost. And so, the best way to reclaim that is to build and meditate and spend intentional time yeah. in your own relationships with plants and flowers. Wow. And so, like, in That's wanting so interesting. to reclaim that, like, my true connection to ancestral wisdom, um, through these plants who hold just like our bodies hold wisdom, plants hold wisdom, plants hold lessons. And it's up to us to build those relationships to, to listen to that, you know? And, um, and so I just, you know, I think like, of course, 2020, the pandemic, like a lot of time for introspection. So I think like moon ceremonies and starting to take these courses and, um, i had signed up part time to like work at a couple with a couple other florists who I feel very grateful cool. to have worked with and learned from. Um, I appreciate both of them so much. And, um, it just, it just came to me, you know, like, mm-hmm. I know that sounds so, no because it is like this amalgamation and like of all the things that I've talked about, right? Like there's, yeah. there's the gardening, there's the medicine, there's right. the stories, there's healing. Um, it's it's design, design it's yeah. art, I, you know, sculpture. and I love, and that was, you know, like with the multidisciplinary design, I was also working with wood. I was also doing sculpture with right. public art. That was public art is, you know, we did mostly sculpture, you right. know, um, with cities and my favorite artists who are doing technical urbanism, it's, you know, sculpture. Yeah. And so, uh, flowers are this beautiful medium and which you get to work with that it's temporary and temporary public art has always been my favorite because Mm -hmm. I think that the power of temporary public art is it creates a memory and it creates a story and it's, and that's the thing that lives on. Right. And I appreciate just like anything that like flowers also from the second they're cut, they're dying. Right. And so to like, learn and work with these like flowers in this medium knowing that it's temporary. Yeah. I think that's why I love
0: food too. Like mm. it's a very similar thing. Like the it, it's so precious for someone to invest so much time and care in their hands and it flower arranging is similar. Like it's so um intimate mm. but then it's ephemeral at the same time. Like there's something just like precious about it like to to give that kind of labor of love to something that someone's going to chew and swallow you know totally. or like that is going to that is going to die it's just like i don't know i feel like it like speaks to like the 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 purity of like i don't know like live performance can be similar too like there are these kind of like real time beautiful things i don't know it feels like symbolic or something
1: well, I mean, like for me, I hear that and I'm like the symbolism, I think really is like the relationship between humans and, and all, yeah. and all other living things in the earth. And, and, you know, with food, it comes from the earth, you know, it's all made from plants or animals or, yeah. you know, and flowers are flowers. And so I think, you know, it is temporary as is, you know, life, but it all is this like direct connection with what the earth provides us, the medicine, the magic that it provides us to nourish our, to our bodies, you know, to our spirits, our souls, like it's medicine, you know, like, and I, I appreciate the comparison with food and hearing that
0: I'm like, yeah, there, you know, it is temporary, temporary presence. And it's like, Mm love in this really particular way mm-hmm. that like, I don't know, it's like, it's not quanti- It's not quantified in quite the same way. Like there's just something like, I'm so moved. I'm so moved by food and I'm so moved by plants. Mm. Like I was kind of saying just <laughs> like when we were upstairs, like, yeah, I grew up, I I've always been moved by plants, but I grew up in Arizona which is a challenge, you know, <laughs> I think unless you're raised in Arizona by people who really understand plants, you haven't a chance at <laughs> like, you know, but yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like it's something that I'm like really invested in in like my adulthood of like figuring those things out. Actually. Okay. I have so many questions. So I'm, I'm curious, first of all, this is maybe just like a logistical thing, but when you started doing the moon rituals did you learn them from someone? Like, where did they come from?
1: I mean, of course. Um, you know, like some of it is like intuition and this feels good. So I'm going to do this, but I mean, there's so many online, you know, like rituals, like somehow everyone knows about the full moon when you write down things that you want to release and then you burn it, Yeah. you know? So it's like some of it's like that where everybody knows, but, um, there is one, um, like astrologer energy worker who I really, really love. His name's Chris Corsini okay. and, uh, he does a, um, like a class, uh, just a pay by donation, pay what you okay. can, uh, little workshop okay, every cool. new and full moon. So I would, I haven't done one in a while, but I loved doing his, I mean, they were so yeah. fun. He's, he's such an incredible, um he's just really good at what he does.
0: Do and you have a group here? Like do you have other people that you like share these experiences with and like learn from? Um I've done it a lot with friends, um cool. family. Yeah. But
1: uh you know my inner circle, like my close yeah. loved ones. Cool. Um but the markets are I I don't love doing markets. I haven't had a really They've been re- really difficult for me. You? What do you mean? Sorry.
0: What? What do you mean markets? Uh, you know, like artist markets. Oh, I see. Like going. So I think trying I'm trying to sell flowers okay okay. At, okay. Um, yeah. market. I wasn't sure if you meant like attending a market or yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, that's that's my fault. No, yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> there was no context there. Um, no, that's okay. I I I hear you. But okay, and that maybe kind of leads me into my next question. So like. You know, when you're talking about like the way that Western culture has like bastardized these things, I think I feel some of that intuitively, which I think is one reason why I'm like wary of like embracing like, Mm. you know, I I get really worried about like, is this mine? (laughs) Like, am I, you know, so maybe I'm curious, like, what I don't know if you have thoughts or advice or or it doesn't even have to be advice, but can you maybe just... Talk more about like how like we as people generally can do a better job like honoring the origins of these things, mm-hmm. or like just can you share some like wisdom along these yeah. lines
1: um and I was gonna say, I think I'm gonna start doing workshops for yeah. moons with the flowers and yeah. my own and um, I think it is tricky, right? Like it's the conversation about appropriation, yeah. appreciation, you know, right. um, I feel really like worried about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, um, you know, I think a lot of it comes with, uh, you know, you also have to be critical and to do your research and to ask the questions that you're asking. Yeah, And we all have ancestors, you know, like I have rituals and, you know, heritage from my Italian side, who are white. You know, yeah. um, that is theirs, and right. you know that goes for any culture. Sure. And I think that there's like there's things that you just have to like ask yourself, like you know, those questions mm-hmm. to do your research, and you know, like we do have a due diligence, right? Yeah. Like it, smudging is not a thing. Like smudging is a specific practice to Indigenous groups that is not ours but anyone can do a smoke cleanse you know sure no we shouldn't be using sage and if we do buy it from an indigenous person but like don't buy that at urban outfitters, you know, like don't, you can also burn eucalyptus and lavender and rose petals and like a smoke cleanse is a smoke cleanse. And it's done through so many different cultures, but there's like, you know, there's things that are also easy. Like it's so easy for us to not be aware of other people's cultures because of white supremacy and, you know, et cetera, that we just think that we're the center of the
0: universe It's hard to even see it. Yeah. It's hard Uh, to even see it.
1: And so to just like make sure we're doing due diligence and like asking ourselves and a Google search, you know, does the world of like, I'm interested in this. Like, how can I respect this and honor this and pay, pay people, you know, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think about this a lot. I mean, I don't know that much about this, but my degrees are in jazz studies. Mm. And so I've thought about white supremacy a lot in music culture. Sure. And you know, you know, you don't have to know much to know a bit you know? <laughs> <laughs> to, to understand some things. And then, you know, that kind of knowledge and awareness, like makes me very, um, aware of what I don't know. You know, like mm-hmm. I think I, I assume that there's a lot that I don't know, but yeah, I think that's great advice. Like be curious, think about who you're asking or who you're getting the information from pay people. Yeah. Yeah. And I also really like what you said about like, you know, thinking about what is yours? Like what is the, what is the heritage that you do have? Mm -hmm. And like, maybe start there.
1: Absolutely. Like find out what that was is, you know, like open up your relationship to your ancestors and see what comes up.
0: Yeah, even if your ancestors are Mormon pioneers. (laughs) Even if they're Mormon pioneers. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I feel like that is also something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, like in trying to reconnect to my wild child self, and then also trying to think like, I don't know, like rebuild a relationship with like an ancestry that like feels really scary. Totally.
1: But I mean, even... I don't know. It's like also accepting, you know, talk about like back to accepting people for their own gifts. Like, of course, everyone's got bullshit too, shadow work, inner child work, whatever, whatever, whatever. But also like, I'm sure that there was like beauty and resilience and
0: Mormon pioneer, Mormon pioneer women we're doing things. Yeah. Like really doing some things. Right. There's a certain kind of like resilience in, in that kind of like wild West, like, I mean,
1: making the truck. And I, and I also think like, maybe that's the work is like, you know, releasing what the traumas of your ancestors. Right. Like I have a lot of thoughts about it is. Yeah. And, And like the
0: origins of Mormonism and, like, oh, you know, I-, I know I think about it so much like, releasing the trauma of your ancestors. Like, I don't know that I would have had those words, but like, God, I think about this principle every single day. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and I think my choice to be like a childless person is related to that too. Like, I don't know, I'm trying to like fulfill a different kind of a role, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the family tree, you know, sure. or something and tr- see what I can put to bed you know and or something
1: I think there's something to be said about generational trauma but I yeah. that's held in our bodies like it's you know we know that's real but I also think it's the same for generational gifts
0: yeah like those really are beautiful
1: also passed down and those also live in your body and are yours
0: I love it okay I want to hear you talk more about flowers like the actual like what flowers do you love what do they mean how do you see them like How do you think about color? How do you think about smells? How do you think about textures? Like just whatever comes to mind, like just talk to me about flowers. We are, this morning,
1: this morning I went to the flower market. Um, We have our first local flower market. So before you kind of, you know, like five years ago, maybe there was like only a handful of local flower farmers, but um, now there's like over 30. Wow. I know there's so many. And so this year there's this, new flower market, the Utah premier flower collective, and they get all the farmers together and then you go to the market and you do a, a pre-order on Sunday morning and then you can shop speculation flowers, whatever there was enough of to list on the website. And, wow. and then you go home and, and process. So, I mean, like right now when I'm thinking about flowers, like I'm, there really is something special about working with seasonal local flowers. Yeah. The vibration is clearer, you know, cause wow. there's like also so much that I'm still learning and unpacking and like, in equity terms of, like, the flower industry. Right. Um, and, you know, I try to use sustainable practices. I've never, ever, like, I've never even worked with foam. Like, I don't even know how to work with, like, regular foam, which is, like, a really toxic, terrible, mm. like, classic florist Material Like just the foam that you put the stems into to hold them in place? Yes. Okay. So like really classic floral shops all work in foam, but I'm really lucky that like both the mentors that I've had, they don't use foam. Like they wow. use sustainable practices. So I got to learn fresh out the gate. Like this wow. is how you do it. What without, do you use? You know, wire or, cool. um, pin frogs or, um, using like other plants yeah, as like, like an armature, you Use like moss for that. Um, maybe not to like hold the mm. stems in a way, but like definitely to cover, you know, structures that sure. are holding, but like, I mean, like, uh, the, um, sagebrush, you know, makes like a really good armature cause it's kind of woody and you sure. stick it in and it holds its shape and kind of holds other stems, cool. and, you know, things like that. But wow. So I'm thinking of all the beautiful local flowers that I got, I work with this morning and, um, you know, th- the first thing you do as a florist is you process flowers, which, uh, I mean, being a florist sounds so absolutely magical and wonderful. And and there's parts it of does. it that really, really, really are. <laughs> yeah. But there is also like it's so hard it's and it's so and physical. Yeah. And there's your it's mostly scrubbing buckets and it's it's mostly sweeping like wow. it's and it's heavy lifting and events are so unbelievably physical.
0: Taxing. Yeah. Uh,
1: I had a couple of friends, my partner and a couple of friends helped me with a big wedding that I had last year. And it was this really big arch and, you know, we're climbing ladders and straddling and they're like, holy shit, this is, I had no, you're yeah. in the heat. You have a tight timeline because they're, you know, dying.
0: Yeah. and I've seen this cause am there setting up right, for the band and right. watching the florists like up on ladders and I'm always like, I just want to sit and watch you. <laughs> it's amazing, and you're designing yeah. on the
1: spot. I mean, you're building a sculpture right, right. in such a short time, time period. Yeah. <gasps> so, um, and Ugh. processing the flowers, I used to think like, oh, I just never have enough time for this. Like, try to get it done as quickly what as possible. What does mean? What is it? So, you get your flowers from the farmer, or the wholesaler, or whatever, and you um, take off the greenery. Um, So all of the energy can go towards the bloom. And also when there's the leaves that are below the water line, when the leaves touch the water, that's how bacteria grows. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. So you have to clean the stems, you know, take off all the leaves. You give it a fresh cut at an angle, give it really clean water. Um, You take care of the flowers. Yeah. And so I, and You're nurturing your little flower. Exactly. Babies. And I think like little the partners,
0: exactly.
1: And the, the other floors, I think like, that's like kind of, I think sometimes associated as like the grunt work, right? Like we have to yeah, process before we can do anything else. Sacred though. And I think I've had to really reframe my relationship with it, of it, it does being sacred. So, and now I have like a ritual for when I process flowers and I can totally picture that. Mm-hmm, I, I give them a, a dear friend. Uh, gifted me a a, a braid of sweet grass. And so I, (laughs) um, and I learned from one of my maestras, um, Brenda Salgada, who uh, taught me how to do a rose limpia, but she sings to her flowers. And so I, I sing to mine and I I thank them for traveling. I, I sing them and thank them for their magic and for their medicine. And then I give them, um, I burn sweet grass and I like, bless them them a blessing Uh I love it (laughs) it's so precious but I've had people tell me like for me I think it's like asking them and like building this relationship with the flowers and saying like we're 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 appreciating you. We're thanking you. Of course, we, You know, you have such, oh my gosh, I could talk so much about flowers.
0: I love it. I'm loving hearing for me. you talk about flowers. Oh my gosh. It's like going to
1: make me cry. Uh, I just love them. And I think for me, you know, there's this other kind of aspect that I've really been interested in and in, in exploring is for me. Thank you. Yeah. there's This is here for this purpose. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, flowers for me are the living thing that transcend the physical realm and the spiritual realm and I think there's like obviously when we're entering the world and when we're leaving the world they provide the support um, that I'm really interested in specifically in the in the um, grief and loss and death process and the death rituals and using flowers to support that process but because flowers you know, live in these two worlds, Um, I just think that there is like such a subtle wisdom that they provide and, you know, flower essences and flower oils also like are a different kind of medicine, but also just working with like a a fresh flower like also has a lot of energy and guidance and like, you know, they help us clear energy. Like roses are one of the most pure and positive vibrations and they help us to clear energy and to make room for new blessings and tulips really, you know, and this is like, you know, I do a lot of research and I take a lot of classes, but I also try to just meditate with the flowers always before I write my ritual. Mm. And it's often when I'm meditating with like a flower and I'm sitting and I'm looking at it and I'm touching it and I'm smelling it and I'm just seeing what comes up for me. If I do that first, sometimes it always checks with like the research of other people. Like, you know, like it, it also is coming up for me and it also came up for other people. And I think that's different too for everybody, but, um, you know, like, I think they really are this, you know, life, this, 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 living thing that really do provide support and yeah. you like really special, really powerful ways that very much work on like a deep vibrational
0: and energetic level. Yeah. Do you think like, how individual do you think like a relationship with a particular like type of flower or color like is for a person?
1: Super. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had someone ask me like, what flower should I put on my, my altar to connect with my ancestors Mm -hmm. and i could i could say like here's a couple that really are meant kind of to open up that connection lilac is one of them like Mm -hmm. lilac very much is like this Um, opening and portal to like communicating with ancestors which i think is like wisdom of the earth you know And, and i'm not totally sure the origins of mother's day mother's day but i also think like you know, maybe with whoever created this holiday, I think that's like actually this like women's rights, if I'm thinking back to like the origins of it, but, yeah. but I think something about like spring, it's right when lilacs are in bloom, you know, and, and right now, and like, maybe yeah. it's from the lilacs, you yeah, know, like it's maybe that's the first someone was picking up on the energy of like that spring renewal, yeah. rebirth, birth, and that like energy is also when we can connect specifically to like ancestors and that
0: makes perfect sense How do you, how do you think about color? Like, cause if, you know, like if roses have like a certain kind of thing, but they come in all these different colors, like how do you kind of like, um, Venn diagram the flower and the color? Oh my
1: gosh. You know, there's like different, different shapes of flowers that you look for in like any arrangement or bouquet. Um, you know, like you want to have something that has a little bit more mass, you know, of kind of like a filler you need something that has a little bit more form you need something that needs like a line you know so you're creating visual interest and um texture and etc yeah. but color for me I mean it's so funny that you asked that because so I'll, I'll look at buying flowers in that way of like how what type of flowers do I need to build structurally mm-hmm. and, yeah
0: visually mm-hmm.
1: and then in terms of lines yeah totally yeah. totally and then, but this morning I really struggled with putting my palettes together because I have mm. two different events this week, and and for me it's like a lot about putting things together. I I love color, like I'm not necessarily someone who works very often in like a muted palette, mm. um, and I don't know. I mean, I do things the way I like them, but I've had people tell me that like that's something that I'm really good at is cool. creating a palette, Labyrinth-y. yeah, mm-hmm. cool. And but I think for me, like I know. Consciously, I work a lot with like complementary colors. Um, yeah. you know, like I I do want to work with like orange and purple. Yeah. Um, or blue and orange or you yeah. know, like yeah. That opposite always, color wheel. Opposite color yeah. wheels always play. Cool. Not always, but very often play a role. Do you have favorites? Me. Favorite colors, favorite, favorite flowers. flowers? Yeah, either. Yes. And I think it changes all the time. Um, My abuela's favorite colors were lavender and blue. And so I have a lot of lavender in my business. She's very much like um, a guide for me in my business. Um, I haven't really talked much about her, but this woman was an actual angel. She is my angel. She's just absolutely amazing. Um, And so lavender colors and and blue lavender flowers and blue flowers. That's what you, you love very
0: much. Do you have any favorite shapes, like any favorite flowers in terms of like, just their outline, their texture? Oh my God. I'm just like, each one is just
1: so absolutely unbelievable in their own right. And I think my, my favorite flowers like do change with the season. I do have a special connection with marigolds. Um, and that might be from like my Mexican culture, it is like considered like a, a flower to help with like the death process, which wow. is like something I'm interested in, you know, Dia de los Muertos. Yeah. Um, uh, The orange, the vibrancy, the smell is, yeah. and the smell is and they're
0: medicinal too, right?
1: Marigolds. Mm-hmm, yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Calendula is like a kind of marigold that is like a cure-all. I mean, wow. it's good for skin. It's good for respiratory support. Like, it, I mean, you could literally put it, you know, teas, salves, yeah. like, et
0: cetera. Medicinally, it is unbelievable. I love that. A marigold is such like a, an unassuming flower. Mm. I love that. I, I really like carnations, which I feel like someone asked me one time what my favorite flower was. And I was like, I kind of can't beat like a peach carnation. And they were like, that is not your favorite flower. And I was like, I, it, it yes, it is. <laughs> like, I think it is. Also <laughs>
1: incredibly medicinal. Also a flower that is like used in a lot of death rituals yes and very much about like um cycles like keeping things moving and to like see that you can always begin again
0: yeah I can like feel that Mm. I think I mean yeah they're just they seem so like they just seem like bright (laughs) like they seem very like I don't know. I feel like they also just, like, last a really long time. There's, like, a hopeful wisdom. They last so long. Yeah. Unbelievable. I love to, like... Usually, if I buy flowers, I buy, like, a bunch of carnations and then a bunch of greenery and just, like, kind of... Beautiful. (laughs) Stick everything
1: around. Oh, my gosh. How I
0: like it. Flower arranging is, like, also a meditation in itself, too. I have, like, a dream of, like, doing more of that. I I don't know. I, like... (laughs) I feel like my relationship with plants is so, like... I have a worthiness, uh, obstacle, you know, like, I think I feel like I'm worried I'll hurt you. I don't understand you. Like, I don't speak a plant language very well, but like, I really like a, I really like a plant language. Mm. (laughs) I feel like I'm like always trying to learn. I mean, with everything, but I'm like,
1: oh, this sounds so familiar in terms of like creativity, right? That's like abstract, you know, I don't know, but I'm like, oh, it's, it's the same, same. It's just practice.
0: It's just like allowing, it's giving yourself permission. Totally. It's, I'm doing better. I have, I have 37 new plants being delivered this weekend. Exciting. Like some trees and some bushes. And I have a lot of lilacs, like I really love lilacs. They're it's, amazing. They are. And the leaves even, like, I just love the leaves mm-hmm. too. They're, They're so, so like Green, yeah, Mm -hmm. they're so leafy. They're like the quintessential (laughs) leaf. Damn leafy, (laughs) it's a freaking leaf. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you want to say anything else about like why you're interested in the death process, or like where that kind of comes from, or what you think it
1: means? Mm. Like, is
0: it going somewhere for you, or like, is is it a project? Is it like a, is it something you're figuring out? It's something that I'm figuring out. Um, You know, I've got like one project idea
1: that I applied for that centers around like loss and grief and flowers. And, um, I'm learning more about death doulas and uh, flower essences. And so I just think like I'm in this like real period of curiosity and learning and exploring about flowers and the support that they provide in that like particular transition. But, um, I think I'm like in my beginning stages. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. Well, when you, when you figure out what you're doing, let me know and come back. Kay. Tell me. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think like this conversation has been so amazing. Like I'm so moved by it. Do you feel like there's anything else that you like want to talk about or like want mm-hmm. to share? We didn't talk that much about how you write the rituals um, or like. I don't know what, before you, before you came in today, I was curious about like, which comes first. Like if you think of the ritual first and then build a bouquet to match or, but yeah, what do you, what do you want to talk about?
1: Well, um, I, I will say like the most consistent rituals for me to write are with the moon cycles. So that's how I, you know, tie in. I have a new moon subscription and a full moon subscription. So every two weeks I'm writing a new ritual based on the moon cycle where it is in the sky. So there's like some astrology in there. There's some seasonality in there. Um, there's like specific rituals that are maybe like playing off what flowers are in season. So, and it's like a nice way to like, keep things fresh and moving too. Right. Because we're, we're always evolving. You know, we're not the same people we were yesterday. And so it's like nice to have, you know, a ritual to help us process the energy of what's going on in the cosmos or seasonally, etc. That like story and
0: intention stuff coming back in. All in right?
1: with the moon rituals. And then I do a lot of custom rituals. So I have um an anniversary ritual. I have cool. um a grief ritual. And then I've done like rituals for holidays. Like Mother's Day was, you know, a ritual um, <clears throat> for Thanksgiving, there wasn't a ritual for Thanksgiving, but there was like a, an excerpt about like missing murdered indigenous yeah. folks. And like, what, it, what does it look to reframe our relationship with the holiday? So, yeah. so, um, wow, that's mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. So it's I think it's really, like important. Yeah. I feel really grateful for the people in my life, um, that you know, like I feel like I get to always learn from from like their points of access into the world. Yeah. Um, so
0: I, um, you know, I'm really, yeah. Do you want to talk about the bouquets you make for Andrew? Uh, to paint. I love Andrew. How do you know him?
1: Through art. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it. the first time I met Andrew, um, some of my other beautiful, 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 dear, dear friends, Nancy Rivera, who's also the one of my favorite artists. I mean, she's just brilliant. Please give me her contact information. I absolutely will. <laughs> she's, she's so brilliant. Um, and, and as an arts administrator oh, cool. and, um, this other person who I love, my, you know, dear, dear friend, Sarah Hoban, the three of us, we were all doing arts administration and kind of all saw some of the, uh, you know, holes and like supporting artists, yeah. um, and the privilege, and you know, trying yeah. to like make it a little bit more accessible, and have a conversation about why is it only that a certain type of person is applying for these? So, right. the three of us in our own time had applied for a grant and hosted this, this event with like panel speakers talking about what that experience looks like. To, you know, insight, guidance into the art world and. Um, we called it art Unlectured, and lectured cool. and Andrew came I Love that. Uh, yeah. and so Andrew, that was the first time I ever met him. And then it was just over the years building, uh, a better and deeper, more intentional relationship with them. And now we live really close yeah. and, um, I get to see him pretty often and, you know, he orders these arrangements, yeah. which is so fun to see how he interprets them. And also to see how our conversations like as friends, kind of play into both of the way that we'll arrange yeah. or, you know, I'll arrange and he'll then paint.
0: I love it. It's such an interesting collaboration.
1: Yeah. And I feel he, Andrew is such a deep supporter of me. Um, I'm so grateful, you know, <laughs> of, of, it. of my business, but yeah. also
0: of like me as a person, as an artist and mm. as a person. Yeah. yeah. He seemed like, you know, I feel so like, it's such a gift to me to like be able to have these like pretty vulnerable extended conversations with, with people. And like, I don't know. It really is so interesting to like, I I love like when we were talking before about it being a practice, like I feel like this is the practice. Like I welcome someone into my home who I've never met and like ask them to tell me who they are and what they know and like what they see. And like the gift of like, I don't know, like feeling this kind of energy from like, I don't know, people are just so cool. I feel like some people are pretty open and some people are very like kind of guarded. And Andrew just felt like immediately like one of those like very open people. (laughs) Like it's I don't know, it, it makes me. It feels abundant. like Yeah.
1: He operates, I think, from a place of abundance, yeah, which I think is way. all of our natural states, you know? Like, I really believe that yeah. that is our default, but we're told so many other things. But I um, think Andrew has really tapped into, like, a place of abundance in terms of, like, love and support yeah. and...
0: So cool. Yeah. That, that wisdom, like, I, I need all of it you know, like I want to hear oh all of it. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you feel like has been like on your mind or on your heart, like about anything? Like, I mean, as we've talked about, like everything is kind of art and art is everything. Are there just, is there anything else that you feel like you want to mm. say? Or?
1: That's like a great question. I mean, I think what's been on my mind lately is, um, it's, it's like, it's just been getting through, um this past full moon in Scorpio and a lunar eclipse and Mercury in retrograde grade. and um, I just I, so I feel like it's maybe not so much on an art level, but on a personal level. Maybe maybe that's something as I do feel like um having my own business, starting my own business has like accelerated the life lessons that I'm learning. Yeah. like I always like I can reflect on this past year and think, Oh, in October, I was learning that lesson. Oh, in January, that was the lesson I was learning. And I'm very aware of the lesson I'm learning right now, which I think also is like pushing me to learn about the providing support and and maybe not. I mean, I might learn more about being a death doula or flowers in terms and and think like, oh, absolutely, that's not for me. But the lesson I've been learning has been to love without attachment to love with non-attachment and I think that it also feels like the reason I'm learning that is maybe to align a little bit more with or you know understanding that death process and death rituals and um and learning it in a lot of like painful ways that maybe don't really have anything to do with death directly oh yeah but in relationships and with work and with value to myself and um, yeah. And but I do feel really spoiled because Andrew and I were having a conversation a while ago and he's like, damn, you like, you know, you're really wise. And he's like, it's all the flowers. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I, I really I do feel like divinely supported that like yeah. um, as I'm learning these life lessons that I also am like it's. I'm very supported because of the relationships I have with flowers That's right so now.
0: Interesting. And like just how you were talking about flowers being um, temporary as well. Like I feel like this, like this thing you're talking about maybe in a context of death, maybe not. I feel like I know this too. Like I've been thinking about this so much. Like I think I have attachment problems like because of my parents and my family and sure. the generational trauma and I think about this so much of like, you know, how, how can I, how can I love in this like untethered way? Um, I think about it with my students cause I do a lot of teaching. Um, and it's not, it's not fair to like expect those relationships to be reciprocal or to be attached. You know, they're going to be with me for temporary and I'm going to love them so hard. Like I'm going to love them like right. they're my siblings or like they're my children or like they're my, my, you know, parent figures, like depending on their age or, you know, whatever, but to kind of let that love be like whole and also unfixed. Totally. Um, and I feel that way about my podcast guests and I feel that way about like my songs, you know, like, I don't know, like it is such a profound lesson to like, let that love be like full and big and like, really wild mm-hmm. and then to not let it get, get fixed and to let it go. Yeah. I know it is
1: a very big lesson and it has been very difficult and very
0: much what I, a lesson I'm learning right yeah. now. And I, I can see how flowers would be like a perfect muse for that. Cause of course we love them and of course they die. Yeah. And even if you never cut them off the plant, like they're around us for so they're just gone. Like we had, I have these two hibiscus trees in the front yard and I, I love them so much. They have these pink blooms and I just like every spring, I'm just like, I'm wait, I'm like going out there and looking at them every day and like just touching the little bulb and like, when are you blooming? (laughs) And they just bloomed. And then we had that frost and they all died. Like they were, they were here for like one day. They were like just starting to bloom and like it broke my heart. I like, it breaks my heart hearing. It was, it it was awful. Like, and I told my husband, I was like, I'm so sad about our flowers. And I was like, really like, like actively devastated. And he was like, well, that's flowers. And I was like, I don't think you're understanding. Like, I'm like, we lost like this precious, like eight days. Mm. Like anyway. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's a lesson
1: also like such a lesson in like I mean how beautiful that you were looking forward to it and
0: touching it and like it you know It made me think like I can't ever miss that. Like yeah. I can't take that for granted. You're so right. Like that was the thing I felt like I wish that I would have like been taking pictures of the of the bulbs. Like cuz then I just feel like oh, you're gone. You're Next just gone. Year. I yeah. know.
1: It's how I feel about wisteria. Like my two week window
0: I have to see it. I have to smell I've it. Been, like thinking about planting some wisteria. Oh my gosh. I've been like um, my husband's name is Andrew too. And I've been like, so on one about wisteria. Like every time we see like a painting or like a TV show, I'm like, <laughs> wisteria, wisteria. Cause I've been like, I've been feeling a wisteria thing. So that's and,
1: interesting. And that I think, too. you know, you talked about, it is interesting that I brought it up And <laughs> and I will say like, it's those signs, you know, if you're thinking about it, if you're noticing it, if it keeps on coming up in your life, like that's your ancestors. Like, you know, that's, that's someone saying there's something here for you to learn a lesson from, for you to have a relationship with. Listen, you know, find some wisteria.
0: You've got to find it (laughs) to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh my gosh, Kat, this has been so incredible. I ask everybody like two closer questions. Um, the first is on this day, what is your dream collaboration? anyone that you'd love to work with or I also feel like the word collaboration can be very like you can collaborate with a plant you know like what's your dream collaboration Mm. um you know maybe it's like
1: oh gosh I I mean like I just want to create with my friends you know um there I oh gosh we have this like I've already said Nancy Rivera. I've always already said Andrew Alba. Danae Shandine is like another really incredible artist who doesn't often get to like create. I'm wearing her earrings today. They're beautiful. I've been noticing them this whole interview. Thank you. She made them. She's so talented in so many different ways and also doesn't get to be an artist as often because of the work that she does with missing murdered indigenous women and, you know, uh, preventative measures for domestic violence and um but there's like a real like you know I would love to create with and I feel like I've been creating with Andrew and um I would love to create with Nancy and Danae and you know Danae is she takes photos for my she's taken photos a couple times for me so all the beautiful photos on my Instagram are from Danae and um I think she sees them so beautifully and um so so grateful she doesn't let me credit her but um I'll credit her now and I would love to interview her too uh she's so brilliant and so beautiful and um all of my loved ones are so but I think it would be fun to do something all together in like a really intentional way and I love creating on a large scale and maybe that's like the public art maybe that's the urban planning but a a collaboration I would really love to do is some um large scale installations
0: Wow. Well, I want to see that happen. And then finally tell everybody where to find your work. Find you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: my website is www.ritualandbloom.com. I love and I'm Ritual and Bloom on Instagram. And my email is cat at
0: ritualandbloom.com. Kat, thank you so much. This has just made my day so beautiful. I'm so grateful that you're here. And thanks for sharing all of your beautiful wisdom. I've got so much to think about. Oh my goodness. I feel exactly (laughs) the same way. Thank Thank
1: you you. for all of your beautiful wisdom. Sitting down with you was beautiful. I wasn't sure what to expect, but this has just been absolutely.
0: (laughs) I have loved it so much. I have too. Thank (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. you, Thank you. Let's just like be friends now. Done. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.